Okay, so this is a new a new project for the Budapest Beacon. This is hopefully going to be a weekly, at least a weekly uh, occurrence, where the madmen behind the Budapest Beacon will sit down and kind of talk about interesting things that have happened uh, that we've covered uh, this week on the website, which is both uh, the Budapest Beacon and also the Budapest Sentinel. And for those who don't know, BudapestSentinel.com is where you can go to read translations of, of articles or pieces that have appeared in Hungarian media, um, full, transla- full translations of these articles. And uh, we usually are uh, pretty good about writing like a synopsis or summary of each of these uh, translations and throwing that up on the Budapest Beacon where you would go for like a full-on uh, like news experience. So anyway, I'm Ben Novak. Joining me today is, and then I point at you, and then you say my name is Richard Field. Your name is Richard Field. Your name is Richard Field, and Mr. Justin Spike. Mr. Justin Spike. So, gentlemen, what do we want to talk about today? What's the big story? As usual, I think the biggest story of the week is this uh, upcoming referendum against the EU migration quotas coming up on October 2nd. Well, you had this great article um, where you took this pamphlet. Do we have it here? Yeah, there's this pla- pamphlet that the uh, the Hungarian government sent to uh, ha- to households around the country. 4.1 million households. 4.1 million. It is one, two... 18 pages long. 18 pages. It is, uh, it, you know, it follows the, the color scheme of uh, the propaganda billboards and everything and the websites. And the point of this pamphlet here is it says, uh, let's tell Brussels so that they understand also. And it's uh, encouraging Hungarians to vote no on the October 2nd uh, um, referendum. Now, so Justin comes in the office uh, last week and he brings with him one of these pamphlets and he's like, do we write about this? Do we write? And we're like, hell yeah, write about it. Like, yeah, it's like, why not? And then soon enough, I think The Guardian picked it up um, and it made its way all the way to the BBC. So we all saw what happened when... uh, Minister of Foreign Affairs and Trade, Peter Seyarto, was called to do an interview at, at the UN with uh, with BBC, and the host just kind of, uh, he embarrassed him. He embarrassed Seyarto. He said, you, you're you saying that our there are no-go zones in London. So congratulations, Justin. That's pretty pretty awesome that you were able to uh, to do that. So tell me, what do you make of this pamphlet? What do you make of the, the propaganda? I mean, I think we can start with the no-go zones. This is not a new concept. I remember hearing about these no-go zones. I think Orban himself yeah. referenced the no-go zones several months ago uh, before this campaign had really reached the fever pitch that it's reached today. But uh, even at that time, he was attempting to put into the mind of the Hungarian voting populace that that what's happening in Western Europe is something uh, catastrophic uh, vis-a-vis immigration at large, not only concerning the refugee crisis, but but immigration changing the complexion of Europe. And he cited these no-go zones, over 900 uh, no-go zones in cities in Western Europe. Um, and one of the funny things is, one of the funniest things is to me that uh, Neuke in, in Berlin, I don't know if you've been there, but I've certainly had pretty good parties in Neuke and in Berlin. It's kind of become the, the hipster center of the city of Berlin. That is a, is a no-go zone according to the, these criteria. Yeah, it's pretty it's pretty scandalous. What's what's funny about this is I don't know how much this resonates with with the Hungarian people. So I hear them talking about it like, oh, you know, there's no go zones. But, uh, you know, has this at all changed their opinion of how they see these other countries? That's the question. And I mean, it it seems as if uh, 
I mean, you mentioned that Peter Siarto, the, the Minister of Foreign Affairs, was uh, on the BBC doing an interview, and the interviewer for the BBC basically made a fool of, of Siarto by saying, have you been to the United Kingdom? Have you been to London? Does it appear to you to be a no Of no-go-zone? course I've been to London. I quite like it, actually. I, mean, I quite like it. So, so whether the popular opinion of Western European cities has been changed among the average Hungarian, that's, that's hard to say, but that would certainly seem to be the, the point. To well, what, I mean, one of the problems is that your typical Hungarian has not traveled abroad, sorry, um, does not speak foreign languages, and therefore is unable to watch foreign media, and uh, basically is entirely dependent on um, domestic media for information about the outside world. And um, for the past, I guess, year and a half, state television and pro-government news broadcasters have been painting a pretty apocalyptic uh, picture about what's happening uh, in those Western and Northern European cities where you have large migrant communities, uh, essentially uh, equating immigration with uh, terrorism. Yeah, it is. It 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 is. Uh, I guess this is one of the strange things to see um, about Hungary. So, you know, Hungary's linguistic isolation certainly is something that I think, at least in in terms of this propaganda that's seized upon by the Hungarian government. I think if like the Hungarian language was as widely spoken in Europe as say English or you know German, they wouldn't dare write this kind of nonsense and. Uh, and uh, you know, spread this and inundate society with this day and night because more people would see this. What's funny is about this entire story is that you know you had this. Justin came into the office just with this pamphlet, and he said, you know, should we should we write this down? Should we just translate it? And uh, it just goes to show, you know, you just translated this, you just made it available, and it's already made that big of a stink. So people are obviously outraged about it. But we're well. I mean. <laughs> Uh, there are many reasons to be outraged about it. Uh, among other things, it's a horrific uh, uh, misuse of public funds. I mean, this is a country where one in three children are living in poverty and uh, where over the past six years, half a million people, mostly uh, working age people, have left the country uh, in search of jobs. And uh, it just strikes me as, as, as being irresponsible, not just myself, but I'm sure others, uh, that the government should should spend so lavishly, you know, on on what many feel is a completely uh, pointless uh, uh, campaign. Um, I, I read uh, this morning, I think it was on 444. Uh, 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 Hugh, uh, that uh, in fact the government has, hasn't spent four billion, but rather ten billion forints on this campaign. That's a huge amount is of it money, like, uh, forty-five million dollars or something like that. And uh, and and uh, furthermore. Um, it, it has uh, spent that money uh, on campaigns uh, 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 contracted uh, through uh, Antal Rogan's neighbor, this fellow Ch- Chaba Chechenyi. He has a number of different uh, advertising companies, and which charge a 15% commission. Um, so this is um, extraordinary uh, use of, of public funds. Uh, which uh, I'm, I, a lot of people feel is not warranted. The campaign is so aggressive. If you turn on the television, for example, um, you see these state advertisements. I mean, it's just like it's apocalyptic. They're going to destroy the, uh, <laughs> you know, destroy the continent. They're going not only the continent, but the face of Western civilization, as Viktor Orban said yeah. uh, said in an Origo interview yesterday. And I think, in terms of trickling down, uh, even to the youth, I think the the campaign itself, the media campaign, doesn't necessarily have to reach every every single man, woman, and child in Hungary. 
it reaches enough because it is everywhere. It is totally pervasive. You see it everywhere you go. It's inescapable. And because of this, it's so effective, I think, at propagandizing uh, people and uh, forming public opinion that uh, if we're talking about children, they'll just hear it at home from their parents who saw the saw the billboards out on the street and saw the, uh, the print media and the, and the television and radio media uh, urging people to go and vote no in this referendum because the stakes are so high that it means the possible which, end of Western civilization. Which one of you wrote the article on the, uh, on the Roma, um, the, this Roma organization? I did. So what, what's that story about? Well, the, the story is that there was um, uh, an organization formed in, uh, in Borsod, a county in the northeast of Hungary. Uh, so it's, it's the poorest county, if I'm not mistaken, it is, in, yes. in Hungary. Uh-huh. And one of the poorest regions in the EU. Yeah, Borsod, Abu Izemplén, a uh, county in the northeast. Uh, so there was an organization formed um, as kind of a, um, an alliance of other uh, organizations which represent Roma communities of not only that county, but uh, other regions within Hungary and outside of Hungary as well, from the Transcarpathian region of Ukraine, also from Slovakia and from uh, um, uh, Transylvania and Romania, uh, but Hungarian Roma. Um, so this organization was formed basically uh, to go out and mobilize Hungarian Roma also to vote no on this uh, referendum because uh, ostensibly, their interests are also at stake here because um, due to the statements made by not only Viktor Orban, but also Laz- uh, Janos Lazar and, uh, and Peter Siarto also, saying that if uh, immigrants are to come into Hungary, then obviously the f- following that is, is the cutting of uh, social spending uh, to Roma communities as well. Yeah, that's, uh, that's outrageous. Well, this campaign has certainly reached the... Uh fear-mongering stage, uh, if it hadn't already uh, last summer when the country was blanketed in billboards, you know, uh, basically warning Hungarians that uh, uh, illegal immigrants were coming to take their jobs and disrespect their culture, and what else? Uh, Break the laws. Yeah, break the laws. Molest the women. Uh, but now now what you have is you have various government spokespeople and various uh, media outlets and pro-government media outlets uh, basically um, inciting fear. Um, for example, um, Ben, you translated this extraordinary editorial that appeared in Democrata, which is a right-wing pro-government uh, print weekly, um, uh, written by its uh, editor. What's the fellow's name? Andras Benchik. Benchik, yeah. All right. Uh, who, <laughs> along with uh, uh, Fidesz publicist Jolt Maia, received this... Uh, Lubok Geras, the Knight's Cross. Knight's Cross uh, of the Order of Merit. And, uh, and he... Uh, he basically promulgates a lie. He says it's obvious that uh, uh, these mi- immigrants are going to be distributed or settled in those communities where the uh, no vote in this referendum is the lowest. And uh, now I don't know why he thinks that obvious. And um, but this is a clear. Uh, it's I, a I, message that's been echoed elsewhere. And what's what's alarming about what what Benchik writes is that you know. It, it kind of goes to show the extent to which uh, politics tries, the, the political class in Hungary right now tries to keep everybody under their thumb. When when Benchik implies, and this is a pro-government spokesman, he's got very close ties to Fidesz, when he writes that after the referendum, they will be able to see in which settlements, what kind of voter turnout there was and how the votes uh, you know, were were distributed amongst amongst these settlements and if they see that there's a settlement where the voter turnout wasn't high enough then clearly that's where we're going to send all the migrants 
And this came about because of an overheard comment made by Viktor Orban himself at a Fides sit-down at, at Balaton last week, uh, if I'm not mistaken, in which he was quoted in an overheard comment as, as suggesting that, that, that this might be the case, that, that uh, those settlements in those areas of Hungary, which participated the least in the referendum, could expect to uh, receive the most um, immigrants settled in their territories, if, if that is to be the case. And, you know, the campaign is also, I'm sorry, Richard, you were... Well, I was just going to say that uh, yesterday in this interview you gave to Orego, uh, uh, Victor Orban clarified his position. He said, no, it's not the, that's not the case that they're going to be, uh, that that uh, <laughs> that uh, these uh, asylum seekers or these illegal immigrants are going to be settled in those communities uh, where where there was a low vote, a low turnout, or, or, or a low no result, uh, but rather that these these migrants are going to be distributed to all 3,200 settlements uh, throughout Hungary, which is an absurd proposition. Mm-hmm. I mean, uh, 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 it makes no sense. I mean, if I mean, originally the European Council uh, was talking about some 1,300, uh, 1,500, yeah, like 1,200 something. Right. How does, one, the, how does it, one distribute 1,200 uh, 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 refugees among 3,200 settlements? All right, but even if the figure were to be much greater, it, it, it stands to reason that they would be distributed, you know, among f- five or six different locations. I mean, how do you provide for, you know, uh, 13,000 people, you know, that have been distributed over 3,200 settlements? So, uh, you know, it's, it's, it's patently obvious to any clear-thinking individual, you know, that uh, 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 this campaign is, uh, is uh, you know, it is just... Um, you know, fear-mongering in its purest form. I mean, I've never seen anything like this. I mean, it's, you- it's alarming. It's, it's, you know, I just came back from the States. And uh, when I came, like the day after I came back, and I'm like, you know, doing my work, you know, flipping through the news, it just occurred to me that there, the environment here right now, there's like this sense of tension. You feel it walking out in the street. And I've never seen anything like this. Well, I mean, the country is literally uh, plastered uh, in these huge billboards um, uh, basically saying, uh, telling Hungarians that, uh, um, you know, the, 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 the safety of the, of the country is at stake, that uh, we cannot risk uh, Hungary's future, and for this reason, uh, everyone must vote no on this referendum. And um, so you've got the billboards, they've resurrected these so-called candelabra um, um, Signs, uh, basically, the, you know, these elephant ears that they put up on lampposts, um, and uh, and everywhere you go, you see those. I mean, it's what comes what comes to mind is 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 you know um, Stalinist Russia or, or Romania under Ceausescu or like something out of 1984. Uh, you you certainly would not expect uh, to see anything like this in a Western democracy. I think what makes it really distinct for me is that. As a propaganda campaign, it is not something that has been undertaken by a political party or a, a, a concerned group of citizens funded by by private individuals. Rather, it's something that is being uh, entirely funded and organized and distributed by the government itself without, without putting on it anywhere in any form who is responsible for it other than the Hungarian government. Which, which is, uh, I think, completely disingenuous because it's obvious who uh, is responsible for this propaganda campaign. Um, but the fact that it's entirely and 100% funded by the government is, is what makes it truly uh, bizarre to see to me. And, and, and there's, there's this uh, 
other strange element to it where the rhetoric coming out from the government itself, so aside from the propaganda campaign, what we see in the media, the print ads and the commercials and so on, the message coming out of, I'm not talking about a local, you know, nobody politician, the prime minister of the country. It is this hate-filled, you know, it's it's evil. It's a it's a very evil message. Uh, last week there was this interview, not an interview. It was uh, we wrote the summary of this uh, speech that he had given in, uh, in I think at the Balaton, uh, next to Balaton, and in that he's talking about sinking boats. You know, like the EU needs to like come up with a navy and like we need to be sinking them boats pluck these people out of the water and send them back to Libya. In what country is it okay for anybody, for anybody to say something like that? And then who was it that was speaking at, at, at one of these, uh, Nogradi, was speaking at one of these forums and suggested that uh, the real solution is that people trying to sneak across the border illegal, illegally ought to be shot for it. And, you know, the, this, is the, this is the government. You know, Nogradi is not, he doesn't hold a post in the government, but he's doing these forums. He's go visiting these forums. That well, and it's not just the government. It's, it's you know, it's state television, which is uh, supposed to be somewhat autonomous, but of course it isn't. Anyone who watched the Olympics, you know, anyone who watched uh, MTV's coverage um, uh, of the Olympics here, I mean, uh, it was shocking. I mean, every, every time there was a commercial break, uh, you had one of these so-called uh, public information um, yeah, you also during the Euro Cup. All right, and and then and and also you had these little like news briefs. You know, it was like one minute of like three, uh, four fifteen second news briefs. At least one of which was on the subject of of terrorism. Uh, but there were there were times when when three out of four. I mean, you had, basically they were saying, oh, uh, the police uh, police in, in Germany arrested this suspected terrorist, and and uh, and in Sweden uh, uh, a suspected terrorist did this. You know, and uh, and something else uh, uh, intended to equate. Immigration with terrorism, and then the weather. You know? <laughs> uh, so you have, so that's you know, so you know, uh, state television uh, is also propagandizing, uh, as are all the pro-government uh, media outlets. I mean, the government has literally pulled out all the stops. Not even, not even in you know, 2002 or 2006 or, or 2010 have we seen anything like this uh, in terms of of, of, of propaganda. And I think I think the, this situation really does speak to the uh, to the sensitivity. Let's put it this way: of the Hungarian media environment. So prior to the campaign officially be, being launched, uh, at what was it in the August after it was August twenty something on August late mid to late August is when the campaign officially started. But prior to that, the government had been engaging in this, in its own propaganda campaign through paid advertisements on, uh, in, in television, you know, drumming up, you know, awareness of the support. And, and what you saw was that these advertisements were appearing, for example, in ATV. So ATV made a decision like, all right, we're gonna air these. Uh, and that is the one opposition television station in Hungary. And these advertisements were even appearing there. So it's, it's a, uh, it really is, like you said, there, there hasn't really been anything like this. No, no political issue has become so hot and, uh, and has covered so many different areas of society and the media as this one. Well, yes. And, and in addition, you, know, you, see, you see all these so-called uh, members of civil society, or at least uh, those NGOs that uh, feed at the public trough and, and uh, depend on, on staying in Victor Orban's good graces uh, for their public funding, you know, coming forward you know, and basically towing the government line. Uh, from this one um, uh, Roma uh, leader, 
you know, basically came out and said, yes, uh, 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 he, I, I guess he too launched some sort of bogus uh, organization, which, which claims or purports to represent the interests of all of Hungary's 700,000 or so uh, Roma, saying, oh, no, we are adamantly opposed to immigration uh, and, uh, and because we don't, want, we don't want our aid to be cut. And uh, but through, you know, across the across the spectrum, you see you see all kinds of people coming forward, people who ordinarily wouldn't come forward. I mean, the word clearly the word is put out that Viktor Orban expects each and every of his uh, all of his supporters and everyone who depends on uh, on the government for funding, you know, to do their 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 fair share of the heavy heavy lifting and making sure that this. Uh, this referendum on, on, on October 2nd is valid, which means at least how many? Some 4.1, 4. Point, how many voters have to go in order for this thing to be valid? 4.2, I think. 4.2 million have to participate in, in some yeah. fashion. All right. And, and, and uh, I mean, obviously, uh, th- those who go to the trouble uh, to vote in the rever- referendum are more likely than not to vote no. The question is, can they mobilize half of the electorate? Uh, to, to vote. And I think this is a good segue now into into the actual voting that's going to take place, what kind of uh, support this referendum may have. Um, late l- on Friday last week, I went down to Serbia and uh, in the town of Magyarkanija. It's a historically ethnic Hungarian uh, part of Serbia called Vojvodina. And they were having a town hall forum there where VMS, the Vojdašági Magyar Sovetség, it's like the, it's a Hungarian part, it's a party for ethnic Hungarians in, in Serbia. They were they were hold they hold these uh, town hall events and uh, what they do is they invite the locals to come out and they tell them you you know you should vote you should vote in this in in this uh, in this referendum and uh, it was interesting I really wasn't able to get a statement from anybody I spoke to one lady after the event and what she told me was uh, was quite interesting she said that um, she doesn't know how Hungarians in, inside Hungary proper see you know lip you know, this immigration thing, but, you know, we in uh, Serbia, we're used to living with other groups. She hadn't made made up her mind yet on how she wanted to vote, but she, she said she did come out to get get all sides of the picture. She wanted to hear what these, these politicians had to say. So it'll be interesting to see, you know, I think this is also the first referendum since the election uh, laws permitted um, Hungarians living, Hungarians with Hungarian citizenship outside, uh, living outside of Hungary to actually take part uh, in the elections. Now, there was a national election in 2014. I think in Transylvania, Fidesz was able, through these out, hung, uh, what are they, beyond the border Hungarians, it was like this North Korea election <laughs> results, like 99% voted for Fidesz. And, uh, you know, there's, so there's that aspect of it, and there's also the aspect of it, so how clean is this election going to be? And that's the question that I've really got on my mind, because um, naturally the opposition uh, has begun coming up with a strategy for trying to defeat this, this referendum. So the idea is that for the referendum to be legally valid uh, under Hungarian law, at least half of the uh, eligible voters of Hungary have to vote, either yes or no. They just have to participate. Beyond that, uh, half plus one of that number have to vote no to the question, do you want uh, immigrants settled in Hungary by the EU, blah, blah, blah. Uh, so the question is, does it make more sense to have people mobilize the opposition to go and actually vote in the referendum, vote yes to the senseless question that's posed by the referendum, or to abstain from voting entirely? And what is the, what is the, the best strategy uh, in the interest of defeating this, uh, this referendum entirely? So mostly what we've seen, there's, there's two camps. One is abstention, and one is uh, 
going to vote, but voting um, casting, yeah, casting, invalid, an, invalid, casting an invalid ballot. Yeah, casting an invalid ballot. So uh, there's one other camp. There is one other camp. But I'm sorry to cut you off on this, but you know there were rumors. And uh, I think Yu Chang also came out and he said something like this, that they were approached by Fidesz. All the parties were approached by Fidesz and they were essentially made an offer. This is what the, the rumor was. They were made an offer. Take part in this uh, referendum, uh, campaign on well, whatever side you want, but campaign in it. And in exchange, they will get some money. Now, the only opposition party that I'm aware of that has actually taken uh, a position on this and will vote yes and is encouraging people to vote yes is the Hungarian Liber Liberal Party led by uh, Gabor Fodor. So there's three camps technically, and then but the third, the the yes vote is like that's nothing. So nobody. The yes, the yes vote is essentially a vote for the referendum. Yeah, so it's legit. It's legitimizing. Uh, it's it's essentially going along with Orbán's narrative and saying and and saying yes, this is a valid question because uh, according to all polls and and the most recent polls, the yes vote essentially has no chance of defeating the no vote. The only chance of defeating the referendum is if not enough people show up to validate it. And, uh, and that's why I'm a little bit skeptical of this, of this campaign to, to cast invalid ballots. The idea is that by doing so, you're showing that you're interested and that you want to participate and that you want to make your voice heard in this referendum, but you don't take the question seriously. So people are being urged to go and uh, mark an X in the yes and in the no uh, spot on the ballot, thereby invalidating the ballot. Although there was an article published uh, last week in 444 showing all of the different ways that uh, such an invalid vote or trying to vote invalidly this way could be taken as a no vote, which yeah. would in, in fact be a vote for, for the government's position on the issue. And I wouldn't put it past them for a second to take every invalid vote and, 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 and nitpick at it and, and find some way to consider and this it a is, no vote. This is, this is uh, an area we're going to kind of segue from here into this, uh, into this news story that... Uh, that came out when the uh, National Election Committee released, uh, they released numbers on uh, how many party delegates will be supervising, you know, the cleanliness of the of the election. So the way it works in, in Hungary is uh, you have these polling stations, you know, where you go and you cast your vote. And every party that has a uh, parliamentary group, like a parliamentary faction, um, can send two delegates to these uh, to these places. And uh, I don't have the numbers here in front of me, but Fides, uh what is it? Fidesz will be in every electoral district. Combined, the opposition will only will only be in uh, less than forty percent. Less than forty percent, which kind of just goes to show how utterly incompetent the opposition is. Like in this one issue, and it, they didn't even even have to take sides on an issue, but to agree that we should really put as many observers, election observers, out there because you know there 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 are uh, like well known ways that the. The election system has been corrupted. You know, there's this uh, chain voting, chain voting, and you know, unless you have people observing, like there, you know, you have feet on the ground observing what's going on here. There's no way you could ever contest, uh, you know, some illeg illegitimate vote cast or. Mm -hmm. Yes, well, it's it's it. Uh, you know, for me, um, you know, it's shocking that um, um, uh, Yobik and LN LNP um, are only. Sending, I think, 171 and 40 some delegates, respectively. I'll pull up the numbers. Uh, now, in LMP's case, look, it's it's um, it's an urban-based party. 
Um, it does not really have much of a national organization. I mean, obviously they have county chapters and, and they have city chapters, but I, I don't believe LNP, you know, has, uh, you know, uh, very active chap chapters in, in most of the small towns and villages. I could be mistaken. Um, but um, Yobik, I mean, they, uh, they enjoy enormous uh, grassroots support in the countryside. They are a national um, uh, party, of course, and but they do have a, a organizations in virtually, you know, chapters in virtually every town and village. So for Yobik to only send 170, uh, 171 delegates uh, is very strange. Of course, Yobik, I mean, uh, Yobik is telling its, its, its uh, followers to go and vote no. Yeah, well, exactly. that, that, that's, that's what's very alarming about this is that, you know, a lot of people were worried, is the turnout going to be high enough, you know? Uh, Yobik and Fidesz are campaigning on the same platform here. You know, they're the two largest parties in Hungary. And uh, they're, they could potentially mobilize, you know, a, a lot more people than, you know, the opposition combined. Well, I think Yobik's strategy here, I mean, I'm not a political anal uh, analyst, is uh, to say, hey, this was our issue, all right, that was co-opted by Fidesz. And that this really is, wasn't a Fetus initiative, this was a Yobik initiative that was co-opted by Fetus. And that, in fact, this proves that it is Yobik's um, uh, uh, policies and Yobik's uh, platform uh, that uh, resonate with Hungarian voters and not Fetuses. I, would, uh, I have the numbers here, so I'll just say them. So uh, Fetus uh, tapped, or they, they will have uh, 13,539 delegates sent out to the polling stations, whereas the the combined political opposition has only 4,064, and uh, 3,852 of those were um, are coming from MSP. Uh, like you said, you'll be 171, LMP 41. And uh, yeah, it's very strange to me that uh, less than 40%, yeah, less than 40% of these uh, of these committees will actually have opposition people opposition delegates or observers overseeing the uh, the cleanliness of the election. One reason why Yobik isn't sending more delegates is that they might be concerned that they'll be co-opted. Uh, I mean, this, look, this referendum um, is, uh, in my estimation at least, primarily uh, politically motivated. I don't think, I mean, <laughs> I don't, I can't imagine that 13,000 uh, 13, um, refugees settled temporarily in Hungary while their asylum applications are being processed could pose a serious national threat to the country. And um, one of the ironies of the situation is that I'm not aware of any terrorist attacks have, having taken place in Hungary, and the vast majority of Hungarians have not even met uh, any immigrants here. I mean, you had, I don't know, a very large number of, of, uh, of uh, refugees, asylum seekers passing through the country last year, but uh, uh, for the most part, they were law-abiding and, and uh, um, you know, and... and uh, um, you know, they just wanted to uh, get to Germany or Austria or, or, or the Nordic country, uh, um, sorry, the Scandinavian countries as quickly as possible. So, so th they're making a really big deal out of something which is really outside the experience of the vast majority of Hungarians. But is it? But is it because it seems that it seems that there is this? Uh, it, it sounds like a very mean thing to say, but it almost seems as if there's this like predisposition for like xenophobism in Hungarian society. People say that, but then again, uh, according to a poll which was taken last year, uh, even at or getting near to the height of uh, uh, of the of the refugee crisis in Hungary, when they were backing up at, at Keleti railway station and not being allowed to proceed onto Germany, even at that time, uh, a public poll taken showed that nearly seventy percent of Hungarians felt the 
uh, impulse to act in some kind of a, some kind of solidarity with the refugees and to assist them in some way, some sort of a humanistic impulse to assist the refugees uh, from a sense of empathy. Uh, the same question posed to the uh, in, a, in a general poll one year later, just a few weeks ago, showed that that number had dropped from nearly 70 percent, I think it was 66 percent, down to in the in the upper 30s. I think 38 percent now say that they feel some impulse uh, to show solidarity with refugees in a single year. So I think that that uh, asking that question even a year ago of Hungarians showed that the vast majority of them, whether they would like to be neighbors with a, a Syrian refugee or not, at least felt some moral impulse or, or responsibility to do something uh, to assist people who were who were in need. And I think that the 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 propaganda campaign has done a lot to convince people that in fact these people aren't in need, uh, but rather that it's uh, it's an They're orchestrated and it's an invasion of yeah. dangerous people. Uh, there was another. Uh, it was last uh, last autumn. There was a poll. I, I think it was Median. Uh, I'm pretty sure it was Median who did this poll last autumn, and what they did was they uh, they tried to find out how people like you know look at this refugee situation and. The poll found that since the so there was another propaganda campaign last summer when the when when the refugee was going on and this was the one that don't take our jobs don't you know uh, disrespect our culture campaign, and that was being pushed very heavily and what the what the poll found that you know months into this uh, campaign into this propaganda campaign that not only were Hungarians less sympathetic towards uh, towards the refugees but they there was also an increased uh, they were increasingly open to uh, conspiracy theories, because a lot of what the government talks about, again, is, is conspiracy theories. George Soros and, uh, and, and uh, Obama in cahoots to, like, import Muslims into, you know, and change, change your... And this is the prime minister that's saying it. So it's not, again, it's not like just some bloke on TV. It's, it's the prime minister who's coming out and saying this. And the, and the propaganda is certainly shifting. Like, it's, it's causing the public, or at least those people who are being pulled, to, uh, to change their position, change how they, they see the world. So it is very strange, yeah. Well, I mean, it, I think it's just another uh, step on the on the road to building a liberal democracy uh, here in Hungary. I mean, on the one hand, this whole so-called forced settlement uh, of refugees or refugee quota—I mean, it's it's a dead letter. Um, I don't know. I don't think it was ever the intention uh, of the European Council or the European uh, Commission to uh, compel European member states to to take uh, refugees. They they expect them, you know, to um, participate in some sort of burden sharing so either either help you know help to provide uh for some for these these some of these refugees um in their own country or contribute to the cost of, of supporting them elsewhere which seems uh, sounds uh, pretty reasonable uh to me but the the government has spun this whole thing as though this is this is brussels trying to um, um force uh, hungary to settle uh, a bunch of terrorists who are going to rape their women and um uh, take their jobs, and uh, and and uh, who are going to get more money from the EU than the, than an average Hungarian, you know, who are going to um, have their social welfare um, uh, uh, payments, um, and and the, and the whole question is why, why, why does the government feel compelled to do this? And um, um, I think there are several theories. One is that this is an, this is basically uh, the 2018 election, and that. Um, um, that um, Fetus is using this to shore up support um, because Fetus's numbers uh, ha uh, have dropped significantly since the 2014 election. And um, 
Yeah, the refugee crisis saved them. So we saw after the 2014 national elections that uh, from the summer of 2014 up until early 2015, mm-hmm. it was just scandal after scandal, and Fidesz took a nosedive uh, in the polls. And then this refugee topic and then the propaganda, this really just like bolstered them up again. So they were able to they were actually able to pick up, uh, you know, pick well, up in the polls and take o- take over from they, they took the wind out of your big sales. So Fidesz, its its message radicalized to the point where the far right was loving it. Like this was exactly the kind of message they like hearing. Yeah. Well, at a time when uh, Yobi Chairman um, Gabor Bona is trying to you kind of move his radical right wing party more to the center or to the right, shall we say, uh, and make it more presentable, make it more acceptable to moderate voters. You know, Viktor Orban has clearly taken his party uh, to the far right, and uh, but again, the question is is why. Um, and one reason is, I think this is the, this is, I mean, for the political opposition, this is the perfect storm. This is a wedge issue. I mean, this, you know, this is the, uh, I don't know, the gay marriage, you know, issue, uh, what gay marriage was to the, uh, 2000, um, uh, uh, what was it, George W. Bush elected? 2000? 2002. 2000. I mean, this is, you know, the, 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 2000. 2000, 2000. Yeah, this is, this is, you know, to the uh, 2018 election here, what gay marriage and, and other wedge issues were uh, in the United States back in 2000, although taken to the extreme, uh, because it's very difficult for any uh, political opposition party to come out and say, oh, no, we want, we want, we want these terrorists, you know, settled here. And in fact, they haven't uh, said that. What they're saying is that this is ridiculous. We should boycott this. But eat, look at MSP, the Hungarian Socialist Party. The they don't know what message they have. They're, well, and the, mes- the message is that, uh, well, uh, we don't support this referendum. But if and when uh, Brussels tries to impose these uh, 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 refugees on us, we will support the government's efforts to to resist this. All right, so that's a very mixed message. Mm-hmm. And uh, and you s- but you saw with the fence too. I'm sorry, but you saw with the fence too. He led Istvan, um, MSP uh, MP. Um, you know, he came out in support of the fence too. So you see that in, in MSP there isn't a there isn't exactly like a clear message coming out as to like what it, what is it right now how do you see this issue so you know they just had a shake up in the party they just held new elections and uh it's clear that you know even uh this guy Yula Molnad who's now the chairman of MSP mm-hmm. um he was caught as Richard was just saying like yeah we we uh we do not agree with the election but in the event that the that the European Union tries to like impose a quota on us then uh, we will t- we're on the same page with Fidesz and, you're and seeing- so the vo- voter's sitting there and he's like what yeah. Then what so, is the what is it that they oppose about the referendum? Then I mean, that's you're seeing a lot of people who are you know one associates with the political left, you know, including Kathleen Sealy, all right, um, who was um, uh, the Speaker of Parliament, okay, um, uh, for eight years, I guess, and at one point was uh, um, was um, um, discussed as being a potential uh, candidate uh, for for president. All right, and she came out just the, just the other day and said, "Oh, you know, she's going to vote no in this referendum." Uh, of course, she's been co-opted by the government, um, and but a number of a number of um, shall we say left-wing figures um, um, are, in a, are in a predicament. You mentioned earlier uh, ATV, you know, really the only so-called independent uh, um, television channel. Uh, one of its owners is. Uh, this church, what's it called? Yeah, the Faith Church, the Hidjulakazeta. They and so the the Hidjulakazeta owns this owns this channel through a series of you know companies, and uh, you know the 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 news chief at ATV is uh, his, his name is Silad Nemet. 
he is the son of the founder of the faith church. So there's clearly, and f- from what I've heard, uh, talking to people who have worked there also, the, a large number of the staff is actually, me- they're members of the church. Um, yeah, and, 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 I don't, the, I, and the leader of this church has come out and said that he's going to vote no yeah, and in he, this referendum. Yeah, and, and, uh, and technically what's, what's so strange about him coming out and saying that he's going to vote no in this, in this referendum is that he's, he's saying a lot of the things that Viktor Orban is saying, you know, these very extreme cases, you know, talking about, uh, he said that if, uh, he said that there's an alliance between, he gave an interview to Mondinet, uh, Mondinet Pontu about two, three weeks ago. And in this interview, he said that there is clearly an alliance between the left and the Muslims. And he says, uh, and when asked like what this, how he knows there's an alliance, he says, well, I, I, I don't know of like a paper evidence, you know, like a document, but he says, I, he says that I see how it looks in practice. And then he goes on to say that um, if the Muslims were to come to Hungary and, uh, you know, this alliance would, would turn into like a formal something and they would actually vote, he said that that would be the end of democracy in Hungary. Now, this is the guy who is the founder and head pastor of the church that owns the only so-called opposition television station in Hungary. And he went on to say that um, one of the big problems is, is that these Muslims, what they don't understand is that we, we here in Hungary believe in the separation of church and state. It just so happens that his church is uh, one that just happened to get in on this, on this church law. So they just got recognition, whereas other churches were uh, stripped of their state recognition. So it's a really interesting situation that's, that's come out here. So, you know, the ATV people, yeah, they, not the ATV people, I'm sorry, the faith church, Hak Peter, also Peter Hak, who's a, a constitutional lawyer, if I'm not mistaken, he's a, a lead, uh, he's one of the leading academics and maybe the chairman of, uh, of the uh, law department at Alta, yeah, at, at, at law school. Um, former SDS politician, uh, regular, uh, he makes regular appearances on ATV. Um, he came out and also said he was gonna, going to vote no in this, uh, in this election. It seems like this, on one hand, the government's propaganda has become so effective that it's simply dangerous for anybody who's in public life to come out against it. Well, I, 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 yes, uh, you know, Viktor Orban and, um, and um, his coterie of uh, Fidesz politicians, I mean, they consider this issue to be an existential issue for Hungary. And I think that they put the word out that this is also an existential issue for their economic, um, how do you say that? Um, their hinterland. hinterland like, their economic like, yeah, hinterland. You know, hey, you, you know, yeah, uh, you, you know you don't, if, you fair, if, you, if you fail to um, pull your, your share of the weight on this one, uh, you might find yourself without a job. Or you might find your organization defunded. Uh, I think I, I think there's a lot of horse trading going on, and there's a lot of um, backroom uh, negotiations, discussions taking place, and uh, and I think he has put the fear of God in everyone. And that's been that's been shown. Uh, there was uh, articles written about. Um, Leaders or presidents of electoral districts all around Hungary uh, ought to be thinking about getting new jobs come come the fall if their districts do not vote the way that the government would like them to vote in this referendum. And uh, we were talking earlier today about this study that was released by this SOS uh, Children's Villages. You know, they did a survey. They were interested to know what motivates uh, uh, adults and children what, and, 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 and uh, what their concerns are. And the number one concern, the number one fear is the loss of one's job. And uh, now I don't know how that compares, but I think like 83 or 84 percent of people surveyed said that they fear losing their job over uh, uh, more than they fear getting sick. 
or being able to uh, or not being able to um, uh, uh, take care of a, of a child, and uh, and that reflects the economic uh, situation here. It's not easy to get a job, and if you have a good job, you're eager to keep it. I, I I'm not entirely uh, I'm, I'm not entirely sure. I recall I recall an interview uh, with an economist, and what what he was talking about was. Um, what percentage of the Hungarian like active labor force is directly or indirectly employed through the state? And it's, you know, it's in the double digits, like high, you know, I, I, I don't want to say a number. I, I will look into this. Maybe we can write an article about this because that's an interesting angle to this where if your employment is, you know, in any way connected, your, your paycheck in any way is even remotely connected to the state. Uh, at that point, you become somebody who can be can be coerced. You could lose a job, you know. It's I've heard I've heard of I don't know if this is true, but I've heard this that during campaign seasons, for example, you will have people show up at large businesses and say, "Look, this issue is very important to the party, and uh, we really, you know, we know you guys employ a lot of people here. We really hope that you know you guys could turn out and vote in favor of this." So it, it, it even extends that far. If public workers, policemen, firemen can be fired for liking a post. You know that it's, it's critical of of, of the uh, uh, disaster. Um, what do you call it? Uh, protection uh, authority. Then uh, I can well imagine that people could be fired uh, for failing to uh, vote. Let's talk about um, the opposition campaign against this. So we saw uh, the Democratic coalition, led by former Prime Minister Ferenc Gyurcsány, is. Uh, calling on people to stay home, boycott the election, don't go out. And they've had this pretty clear position for, for a while now. Um, you have MoMA Movement for a Modern Hungary, um, Ed Youth, Together Party, and uh, and Párbeszéd Magyarország, Dialogue for Hungary. Um, they all Those three parties joined forces to do their own billboard campaign, and uh, that campaign is also calling on people to boycott. And it's, uh, it's pretty funny, but it's kind of distasteful if you ask me. It, it borders on that. It's a guy sitting on a couch flipping off a, a TV or something, and he says, I guess the statement is for a, for a stupid, stupid question gets a stupid answer. Yeah. So stay at home, sit on your couch, and give the finger to the whole thing. Uh, the Hungarian Liberal Party, which I said is the only party to my knowledge that has actually said vote yes in the referendum. Uh, the I haven't really seen any billboards. What I did see was Gabor Fodor, uh, he had published an opinion piece declaring why. People should vote yes in in the uh, in the election. Do you know of any other? Yulbik is very quiet on the issue, so Yulbik is like uh, quietly just kind of going with the flow. The amount of uh, energy and money Fidesz is dumping into into the campaign really makes it unnecessary for them to do for for them to take take a uh, you know go out of their way to do their own campaign. Well, well, um, you know, Yulbik Chairman uh, Gabor Bona he did call on Viktor Orban to resign if the referendum is not successful. Which is strange to me that that given the fact that 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 they stand in the same place on the issue that is Fidesz and Jobbik, and and that Jobbik also supports a, a no vote on the referendum, then why would Gabor Gabor Vona come out and say that that uh, Orbán should resign in the case of a uh, of an invalid referendum? Well, it's it's you know I think on one hand it's posturing as as always it's it's. You know, it's it's saying, you know, if you screw up, then you need to quit. Then you need to like, then you need to get out and make room for people who, you know, can make can make it happen because it's, you know, it is this, you know, question that, you know, will decide the fate of, of you know, the world. Um, yeah, but but with Yobik, they are quiet. It's it's strange seeing this. I mean, uh, 
magyarul Balóval. It's uh, this guy Baló George, I think. I think that's his name. Um, he's pretty well-known like TV presenter. He's got a show on RTL. And it's kind of like they sit around at the table and talk. And, and there was a, a guy from MSP, a guy from Jobbik, and uh, Kovács Gerger from the Két Farkú Kutyapárt, the two-tailed two two dog party. And uh, they were talking about, you know, the campaign going into this, you know, going into this referendum. And it was really interesting seeing the Yobi guy was pretty much just quiet. Like he really, really didn't have that all that much to say when in reality it's, uh, you know, it's probably danger dangerous for them to like jump in this topic and say, yeah, you know, Fidesz is right. You know, that's that's their main political. Well, that would that would com that point. would complete the co-option of their ideology by Fidesz on the yeah. issue, basically by by saying, "Yeah, this was our issue. This was this was our position, and this perfectly follows our ideology." But Fidesz, the dominant party, yeah, you guys are right. Basically, that would take all the wind out of their sails on the issue. So yeah. I guess they can't really do that politically. There, there's just a, two, two quick points I'd like to make. Uh, one is that this referendum has served as an enormous distraction from real issues. Um, education, the collapse of, uh, of health care, and of course corruption. And uh, a number of, of leading uh, fetus politicians have been implicated, you know, in a number of uh, corruption scandals. And, and, and all, this whole xenophobic campaign, which is now going on its second year, uh, really serves to distract public uh, attention from, from, from these issues, one thing. And related to this is the fact that, you know, the government is spending a huge amount of money, some $45 million uh, on, on this campaign, uh, all of which is going through a company owned by, you know, the, the, the neighbor, you know, of really the, the second or third most powerful person in government, uh, Antal Rogan, the so-called propaganda minister. All right? And these contracts were awarded on a no-bid basis. And, um, uh, you know, one has to ask, how much of this money, you know, is being stolen? Well, we know that uh, his neighbor is charging a 15% commission, so that's six, seven million dollars right there. But apart from that, all right, I mean, I, I could well imagine that half of all public funds being spent on this, all right, uh, are being stolen, all right, because these billboard companies, well, they're not required to disclose what they actually charged uh, the government uh, for uh, uh, for these ads. So it could be that this is just an opportunity to steal twenty million dollars. And I, I think you're right about that because when you if we step back from like the from the issue of the campaign and we look at what is this referendum all about and uh, you know there have been no shortage of uh, legal scholars and politicians who have said this thing is bogus it's it's a bogus it's a bogus referendum the question itself the way it is framed is unconstitutional and and so if you accept that if you accept that idea and you say okay like yeah what if it is a bogus thing every penny spent on this campaign is money that is being stolen. That's what is happening. If you believe that this question is bogus and you know this referendum is bogus, every bit of energy, every bit of money that is being allocated towards this uh, campaign is money that's that's being stolen. Yeah, and oh, go ahead, Justin. Go ahead. That's true, and uh, but it's not only a question of whether whether legally speaking the question is valid or constitutional or not. Uh, going from that, an another question has to be asked about the about the referendum, which is that are there any legal actual legal consequences? Uh, so if if the referendum succeeds as the government would like it to succeed, and the Hungarian people say no, we do not want uh, immigrants or refugees or asylum seekers settled in Hungary. 
then what? That doesn't absolve Hungary from its obligations to abide by international treaties as outlined in their membership of the European and, Union. And this this speaks this speaks to the the trickiness of this of this question. And and uh, again, one of the things that you know many of the, the legal scholars have have uh, pointed out that in the case of the referendum, you know, a, a an affirmative voter a, a vote against it uh, clearly leaves some clear instruction to lawmakers on how to proceed. So. You know, it would be like, you know, do you agree or, you know, do you think there should be gay marriage? I'll just give you an example. Like, you know, if people say yes, then lawmakers have a duty to, you know, they have to write legislation then that, that makes this possible. Now, in the case of this referendum question, there is no clear, like nobody knows. Victor Orban says he doesn't know what's going to, you know, they're, they're, they're figuring it out. And, and it just goes to show how, like, this is more propagandistic than anything else. Well, that's right. And, and uh, uh, critics point out that, uh, you know, in the case of a successful referendum, it will basically be a blank check. And the government will be able to do whatever it wants, you know. It might even conceivably justify Hungary leaving the European Union, you know. With, That's with, true. With, and um, uh, and another thing, as Justin mentioned, uh, I mean, yeah, I mean, this this referendum uh, is is unlawful. All legal experts say, uh, except the ones sitting on the Supreme Court or the Courtier, whatever they call it, they say that hey, by law, only issues that fall within the purview of Parliament can be subject to referendum. All right. This one clearly doesn't, because as Justin said, you know, Hungary's obligation to to receive, you know, uh, refugees or to participate in some sort of burden sharing arises from international treaties. And uh, so it's 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 uh, it's very disturbing because the whole thing is built on something which uh, which goes it goes against the law. And it just reinforces uh, 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 concerns that uh, Hungary is no longer rule of law state. What's I guess the. The most, it's kind of been like this, like theory I've been playing around with. Um, when Orban Victor talks about the consequences, so like, what is this? What would a what would a vote in in, in the favor of his position, a valid, legitimate uh, referendum? What would that result in? And aside from saying that he doesn't know what the legal consequences are going to be, um, the way he talks about it is is almost as if it will empower us to do something that's going to be really like it's going to be big gives us the power and and it's almost as if he's built he's built this campaign up to be so large that if the majority of vote eligible uh, voters in Hungary vote in favor of his position um it seems like he can do something now that would have adverse effects for the country and pin it on the electorate and say this is what I said you know and you know th- and we took a hard stand and that's why we're doing this and uh, you guys all were on board with us. He doesn't know what the consequences are going to be, but you guys were all on board. Well, that's a very good point. And if you think about it, you know, this is, this is uh, exactly what he did after 2010. Uh, Fidesz was returned um, to power in 2010, receiving a two-thirds parliamentary majority, uh, without saying what they were going to do if they got into government. I mean, they were elected uh, without promising anything. Except, you know, I mean, their campaign slogan was uh, just fetus. Just and the fetus. Yeah, and that they were somehow going to, uh, uh, to hold to account, um, you know, the, um, the socialist politicians responsible, responsible for uh, the previous eight years. And that was it. There was, no po- there was no platform. I mean, they may have had a program, but there was no, there was no discussion, no public discussion of what it was uh, what fetus wanted to do. There certainly was no talk about, you know, turning Hungary into an illiberal democracy. But uh, and as a result of that, because it wasn't clear what the what the consequence of, of, of voting for Fidesz was, it gave Fidesz a blank check. It gave Viktor Orban a blank check, and he can just he he can and he does justify everything, 
everything his government uh, does in terms of yeah, somehow having received a mandate from the voters to do this, both in 2010 and then 2014. Also, when they, they didn't release a party program, uh, Fidesz had no... It was just more of the same. Right? Yeah, that, yeah, it was like, we're just continuing, like, just more of that. So, yeah, so th- there is there is reason to be concerned that in the case of a su- 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 successful referendum, um, this will be uh, interpreted by Viktor Orban, you know, as um, some sort of... Um, of um, uh, endorsement uh, of whatever it is he does in the future. And there's uh, been some speculation on what that might be, what he does in the future. And some people uh, are writing now that uh, it's it's uh, within the realm of imagination that he would use this successful referendum to restructure uh, the power dynamics within the European Union itself and make himself uh, one of the major players within the European Union, representing presumably uh, the Visegrad countries, the Poland uh, Slovakia, Czech Republic, and Hungary as uh, as the sort of figurehead for the interests of Central and Eastern Europe, and especially on this question, where by and large they stand close to each other on the on the on the uh, immigration question. And aside from that, and that's the international consequences. Domestically, there's also rumors that you know he might a successful referendum is uh, could essentially like hand him enough momentum to uh, perhaps call an early election. Like there's talk about that. Nobody really knows, uh, you know, whether he would do that. One interesting point though, that I'd bring up with this, uh, Turek Gabor, who is a a pretty well-known political scientist in Hungary, talked about this on some interview this week. And he was saying that, you know, clearly this refugee issue was just a huge boost for Fidesz. I mean, they're they're milking this thing for everything it's worth. And uh, what's interesting is, is that uh, when this stops, when it's no longer a, a threat, you know, Fidesz loses all of that momentum. You know, we go back to, again, the, the old story. We, we go back, again, to the stories that we found. So you can see why it is in the interest of Fidesz to, like, to keep up, you know, uh, keep up this problem. But once this, once this problem ends and it proves that it's no longer a, a big issue, will Fidesz be able to find another scapegoat issue to, uh, to keep itself up in the polls? I think even if uh, the referendum is unsuccessful, uh, I don't think it'll be business as usual because they can't afford that. They've already spent so much time, money, energy, and political capital on this issue that even if it's an unsuccessful referendum, I think they'll continue to push it as a as a as a as a point of division between Hungary and and the policies in in Brussels. Well, they certainly have accomplished one of their goals, and that was to completely restructure the uh, the. Um the uh, outside uh, media market. Uh, I mean, they've spent so much money on billboards and candelabra ads, and of course, well, across the media spectrum, um, that they've been able to they've been able to transfer enormous wealth uh, to pro-government media outlets, and um, um, which uh, helps to um, kind of uh, deflate um, uh, the influence of former Fidesz oligarch uh, Lajos um, uh, and his media empire. Uh, so regardless of the outcome of the referendum, I think Justin's right. Uh, the, the government uh, uh, will, will have accomplished uh, uh, most of its objectives. All right. So I think we are pretty much done. And uh, we will put this up on the Budapest Beacon SoundCloud account. Maybe share it on our Facebook page. Do a little tweety-weety on the Twitter and uh, get it out there. And if you guys have any, uh, any questions or comments, any of you listeners, and you'd like to send us an email... Uh, you can do so at letters at budapestbeacon.com. Maybe letters, inquiry, whatever, something at Budapest Beacon. Go to the website, hit about or contact, and you'll, you'll see there. So thank you for listening. Bye-bye.